The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. This was about five minutes before Mass started. Father Dave Oldham texted me a picture from the March for Life bus that said, Welcome to Nebraska. So glad I'm not on that trip. But we give thanks that the last of our youth ministry buses are finally making it home. So today we have this scripture, this gospel reading from the gospel according to Luke. And when he begins, he says that many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us. And he talks about the eyewitnesses who from the beginning handed down the narrative of events that had been fulfilled among us. And he says, I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew to write it down in an orderly sequence for you. It's really an interesting opening to the gospel because 
Many people say things like, well, how do we know that what is written in the Gospels is actually true? Like, how can we know that's true, Father? Aren't they just stories? And that question that people ask today obviously was being asked very shortly after the death of our Lord. Within a century after the death of our Lord, people were asking, well, is that really true that it happened that way? And so St. Luke says, I investigated everything all over again, which means he went around and interviewed a bunch of different people who were eyewitnesses. And then he tried to write it again in an orderly sequence. So that we would understand the narrative. So we would understand the narrative. Because a narrative has power in our lives. Right? A narrative just means like the story of the gospel. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right? Our lives also have a narrative. We have a narrative in our life. It's the life story that we tell, which also has a beginning, a middle, and an end. We have a past, the present moment, and then the future that we look forward to. And living the Christian life means that we can find the way in which my story, my narrative, fits into the gospel narrative. Right? Because all of our stories fit into the gospel narrative. Now, that is the beauty of sacred scripture, is that to have a relationship with Jesus means that my life story fits into his life story. That scripture is not just something that I hear once in a while when I come to Mass, but it's actually the story of my own life. And when I read scripture, what happens, I start to recognize myself in the story. And that's what happens with Jesus today. Jesus enters into the synagogue and they hand him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, which is very old prophecy. And Jesus opens it, and he opens it, and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. And he recognizes his own life in that passage from Isaiah. He sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And as Jesus was reading this out loud, he recognized himself in those words, that those words were about him. And he says, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing, because today I am indeed proclaiming a year acceptable to the Lord, proclaiming freedom, from slavery to sin, allowing the blind to see.
And for each of us who have been baptized, those words are also the story of our life. If we've been baptized, if we've been confirmed, every time we go to confession, every time we receive the Eucharist, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. That is the mission of all of us who have been baptized, to bring glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim this freedom that we've received in Christ to others, to help the blind to see the truth. It's all of our mission. The fathers of the church say that we are all sons in the Son, sons and daughters in the Son, or adopted sons and daughters of the Father. And if that's true, then it means that everything about Jesus' life reveals to us who we're supposed to become. And we come to know ourselves in in a more profound way as we come to know Christ and who He is. When we come to know who He is, who he's revealed himself to be. And it is in meditating on the Gospels that we come to know who he is. For the last couple of years, I've been sort of every once in a while asking these questions. When was the last time you read one of the Gospels from beginning to end in order to know the story? And people look at me and they say, I think that was a project in ninth grade. But not really. I haven't really done that. You know, and sometimes we talk about our dialogues with our friends who are Protestants and they say stuff like, well, you Catholics never read scripture. And we always have a really good comeback, which is, well, if you go to mass every single Sunday, you hear the whole book of scripture, you hear all of scripture, which is true. But it doesn't mean that that's the only place that we should be looking to encounter Scripture. That is just to be found here on Sundays. Because what happens here on Sundays can be so much more profound if you actually know the story and you've read it on your own. How many of you watch the football pregame shows? Everybody. Why do you watch it? so that you know what to expect during the game and you can kind of get more into the game because you know who's injured and who's benched and who's going to be playing and strategies. And you spend time on that. People spend time on these things. They spend a lot of time on these things. People spend time preparing for business meetings. I have to read up and be ready to go for this meeting that's coming up. If I do extra homework, the meeting is going to go a lot better. The same thing applies to coming to Mass on Sundays. The more we know the story of the, of the life of our Lord, the more profoundly we encounter Him when we come. There's a group of women that I know, and they're all moms. There's like four of them. And they all came to me for spiritual direction, I think about two years ago. And so they're all coming to me for spiritual direction. And so typically I say, 
get out the Gospels, and I want you to just read a short section and pray with it. And then when you come back next month, we'll talk about what you prayed over. And so they're all friends, and they figured this out, and they said, well, well let's just do this together because we all have to do the same thing anyways. And so they started to get together every week, and they just used the gospel reading for the Sunday that's coming up. And it's very simple. The format goes kind of like this. They read through the gospel passage. Everybody sits with it for a second, and then they say, what word struck me? Like today it might be anointed. So somebody says anointed. Somebody else says the narrative. Somebody else says fulfilled or something like that. And then they read the passage over again. And this time they sit back and they meditate on what did this look like? And they share. You know, maybe it looked like there's sort of this big crowd of people in the synagogue and Jesus walks in sort of unassumingly. And he goes to the front and as he reads the scroll, there are certain people in the synagogue that are looking at him like, who are you to be telling us that is fulfilled? Or there are certain people in the synagogue who are on fire as they listen to him. And they all share. And then the third time, they read the passage again, but this time trying to use their imagination to picture where would they be if they were there? Where would they be if they were there? Some of them might be like in the back of the crowd trying not to be noticed. Some of them might be in the front of the crowd trying to be noticed. Some of them might be just sitting at the feet of our Lord. It might inspire them to meditate on the Holy Spirit coming upon them in a particular way at a particular time. But however it turns out, then they share that with each other and kind of share this encounter that they've experienced with Christ with one another. And I've seen them grow exponentially in the spiritual life since they started doing this together, much more than they would if they were simply coming to see me once a month. And they talk about how mass is more meaningful to them because they're praying with scripture before they come in. And they're finding their own story in the story of the Gospels. You know, that's an adjustment that I made in my own spiritual life. When I was a seminarian, I never prayed with Scripture. They would always say to me, and I'd say, well, whatever. I know better than them. And I've really been focusing on praying that way in the last couple of years. And what's happened is, when I read at Mass at daily mass, at Sunday mass, when I'm praying with people, when I read the scriptures, I find my life in it much more profoundly. And passages I once thought had no meaning take on an immense meaning. Take on an immense meaning. Passages that once seemed like poetry are very concrete and real and true. And my own sense of security in Christ 
is more profound than I ever thought possible. But it's come that way because of meditating on the Word of God. The responsorial psalm today says, Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. And that verse is real. As we find our story in the story of the Gospels, in the story of the people of God, it opens our heart to receiving the Holy Spirit and to having that new life in Christ that Jesus has promised us and St. Paul proclaims to us. And so today let us pray to come to know our Lord more profoundly to see how we are a part of his life, of his narrative. And that we might proclaim the gospel in the way that we live within our families, in our parish, and in the greater community.